There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Welcome to Tuesday's podcast. We'll begin looking again at Psalm 6, and this day, Lord willing, we're going to look at verses 6, 7, and 8. And I want to look at the tears of Jesus Christ, but I also want to look at the weeping of Jesus Christ. Tears are a byproduct of the weeping, but the Lord said much about the tears of Jesus Christ. And so I'd like to take a look at that uh, briefly in our Tuesday podcast and look at the Word of God where it deals with those tears. We'll begin in Psalm 6 and verse 6. I am weary of my groaning. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. Mine eye is consumed because of grief. It waxeth old because of all mine enemies. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. For the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. So again, we do see the faith of Jesus Christ. Even in his tears and his weeping and his groanings, we see the faith of Christ. He knows that his father will hear him. He believes that his father will hear him. Though at this point they are separated because of sin, there has been a division between the father and the son. God has turned his son over to be sin. And yet Jesus Christ, by faith, believes that the father will hear him. That's why he weeps. That's why he groans. That's why he cries unto his father with a loud and an audible voice, believing that his father will hear him. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And I can't look at the tears and the weeping without combining the two because the weeping is, produces the tears. And we see weeping through the word of God. We see it in Deuteronomy. Uh, when Moses died, there were days of weeping and mourning for Moses. There is weeping at loss. There is weeping at the grave. Jesus wept in John eleven thirty five. 35, of course, the shortest scripture in the word of God, but yet it says so much about Jesus Christ being touched with the affliction of the ones he loves. He wept over the death of his friend Lazarus, and the grave is the great separator. The grave will produce weeping. We then see in 2 Samuel 15, the word of God says they were weeping as they went. Why were they weeping as they went? They'd seen a great victory with God. I just rejoice as we say this, this Sunday in the house of God, the Lord gave us great weeping in the morning service, the 1030 service. We rejoiced as we sang the songs of Zion. I know my pastor was overcome with tears. I myself was overcome with tears. There was weeping at the goodness of God, at the mercy of God. And that's what we see here in 2 Samuel. They're weeping as they go along. They're weeping as they walk with God. They're weeping because God has restored that which they have lost, and God has restored them. We see over in Ezra, 
in uh, chapter 3 and verse 13. Uh, and I'll read that because I believe it's a powerful scripture concerning tears, concerning weeping, and this crowd that doesn't want any emotion in church, and this crowd that doesn't want any type of show of show of emotion. They call it fleshly. They call it carnal. But might I say to you, we have a God that's emotional. We have a God that wept on earth. We have a God that's touched with our, the feeling of our infirmities. We have a God that gets angry. We have a God that laughs. We have a God that has emotion. He's given us that mo emotion and to each of us in, within ourselves. And the Word of God said this in verse 12 of Ezra 3, But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers who were ancient men that had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes wept. And I want you to notice this with a loud voice. It wasn't internal. It was external. It was a show of emotion. It was an audible show of emotion. And many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout and the noise was heard afar off. Ezra chapter 10 tells us along the same lines in the book of Ezra. Now, when Ezra had prayed and when he had confessed, weeping and casting himself down before the house of God, there assembled unto him out of Israel a very great congregation of men and women and children, for the people wept very sore. And so we see when that move of God in Ezra's day came, there was weeping from the people of God. Tears ran down their face. The weeping was so loud and so odd, not a show of the flesh. It wasn't foolishness. It wasn't to be seen of men, but it came from the heart. They wept over the house of God that God had established. They wept that God would visit them again. And then Ezra himself cast himself down before God. And with great weeping, the people saw him. And they themselves began to weep. That's why we mourn with others when they mourn. We weep with others when they weep. We can rejoice with others when they rejoice. I believe it's valuable to the Christian. It's valuable to the saints of God to share that with others and to share tears and to share sorrows and to share victories. I believe it's part of that body of Christ that we share in these things. And so we see great weeping in the days of Ezra. We see the tears flowing in the days of Ezra. We also see a great shout of joy. And sometimes, by the way, it's hard to mingle the two. And I realize we're in a day when shouting has become just a game to people. Shouting has become such a show of the flesh. Shouting has become a competition. There are churches where if you say the word run, the whole church runs around the church. If you say the word shout, the women stand up and scream. The men jump up and shout. It's a practice. It's become commonplace. It's no longer because of the goodness of God, the rejoicing of God. It's become the practice of shouting. But can I say in Ezra's day, this was as native as anything you'll ever see. This is as organic as any shout you'll ever see. The ancients of the days, those that had seen the first house and knew of the first house, are now seeing the temple that God has raised up. And they began to rejoice, and they began to weep, and they began to shout, and the tears began to fall. We see in Esther's day, under the affliction, under the affliction of bondage, there's weeping. We saw that in the children of Israel, under the affliction of bondage, there's weeping. And the word of God said this of Esther, fasting, weeping, and wailing. Job said on this wise, my face is foul with weeping. 
Why, Job is laying there in the ashes of the destruction of his life. He's laying there in that place where he's offered those sacrifices unto God and covered with the ashes and covered with the sores and covered with the filth and the dirt. Uh, the, the tears run down his face and literally began to cake upon his face and made mud streaks upon his face. It was foul with weeping. The tears were so strong in Job because of his suffering. And might I say to you, friend, the word of God says in Psalm 102, they mingled my drink with weeping. The tears that would flow, the sorrow that would flow. And might I say, this is a picture of Jesus Christ. He himself who wept for us. He himself who shed tears for us. He himself who wept on our behalf and shed tears on our behalf. The word of God came to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 15. He says, thus saith the Lord, a voice was heard in Ramah. Lamentation and bitter weeping. Rahel weeping for her children, refused to be comforted for her children because they were not. Thus saith the Lord, refrain thy voice from weeping and thine eyes from tears, for thy work shall be rewarded, saith the Lord, and they shall come again from the land of the enemy. Of course, that's prophetic and that prophecy is fulfilled in Matthew 2 and verse 18. In Ramah, there was a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. What is Jeremiah speaking here? He's speaking at that time when Herod is going to slay the children under the age of two years old. And uh, the angel comes to Joseph and he takes his child and mother and goes in and flees the land and goes into the land. And uh, they fled from the face of Herod, and this is the prophecy that's given, there's weeping, there's tears, there's sorrow, there's hurt. We see then, to God be all the glory and praise in Psalm chapter 30. Again, a prophetic psalm of David, messianic psalm. He said, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endureth but a moment, in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. There's the night of Calvary. There's the sorrow of Calvary. But then, my friend, is. The night turned to daytime. There was joy unspeakable and full of glory. God turned the weeping into joy. And might I say in our own lives, God can turn the weeping into joy. God can dry the tears on our faces and turn that weeping into victory. The tears of Jesus Christ. Psalm 39 and verse 12. The tears that accompany that weeping. Hear my prayer, O Lord. He said, give ear unto my cry. Hold not thy peace at my tears, for I am a stranger with thee, and a sojourner as all my fathers were. Oh, spare me that I may recover strength before I go hence and be no more. And I believe that's what the psalmist told us there in Psalm chapter 30. He said the weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. But he also said this, in his favor is life. And there we see Jesus Christ in his favor is life. That's the father and the relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. And he said, hold not thy peace at my tears, for I'm a stranger with thee. My God, would you show me favor in this day as your son? 
Lord, when I dry my tears and the weeping ceases and joy cometh in the morning and I cross over to Abraham's bosom and set the prisoner free and turn loose captivity, my God, would you show us favor of life and the tears of Christ dry and the tears of the sorrow of Jesus Christ are dried up. He said in Psalm 42, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears, my tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? He's feeding off the tears. The sustainment of food means nothing when those tears are falling in the night season. And they say to him, where is my thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God and with the voice of joy and praise with the multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? There's the cause of the tears. His soul has been cast down. His soul has been made an offering for sin. Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, when I remember thee from the land of Jordan of the Hermonites, from the hill Mizar, and he said, deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. Deep calleth unto deep. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. There's that relationship between the father and his son. There's the groanings of Jesus Christ. His soul's been made an offering for sin. He's poured out his soul unto death. And there's that relationship with the father as deep calleth unto deep. Out of the depths of his soul cried I. Out of the depths of hell, he said, cried I. The depths of his soul have cried. The father has heard him. Deep calleth unto deep. There's something between the father and the son. That spirit of adoption that he's given us is how we call unto him. Deep calleth unto deep. And God speaks deep into the hearts of men. And God spake deep into the heart of his son. And that relationship that you and I cannot understand. God has restored his son. He's found favor in life. That weeping that's endured for the night but joy has come in this morning. He tells us then in Psalm 56, again prophesying of Jesus Christ, he said, thou tellest my wanderings. Put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in my book, in thy book rather? When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know for God is for me. Verse 13 tells us this, for thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling that I may walk before God in the light of the living? And so we see some keys here, some clues here, some scriptural understanding. He's speaking of Jesus Christ. But look at the sentence structure. Thou tellest my wanderings, colon. Put thou my tears into thy bottle, colon. Are they not in thy book? And those colons delineate a separate sentence within a sentence. Thou tellest my wanderings, are they not in thy book? What are the wanderings of Christ? John said the volumes of the world could not contain if they wrote everything that contained Jesus Christ. Yes, his wanderings were put in a book. This blessed book which I hold in my hand tell the wanderings of Christ. But in the midst of that, he says, put thou my tears into thy bottle. We see again the psalmist in Psalm 116 writing again of Jesus Christ. 
In verse 8, it says, For thou hast delivered my soul from death, as a companion to our last text. Thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. He said, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Previously, when he put his tears in his bottle, he said, I may walk before God in the light of the living. Here he says, in the land of the living. Again, we see Jesus Christ. God has bottled up his tears. God has stored those tears on our behalf. God is interested in the tears of his son, Jesus Christ. So much so that as the son requested, he put the tears of Jesus Christ and bottled them that you and I for a posterity might know the sufferings of Christ. Here's our final text, a little bit of authority for the things we've preached this day. Hebrews 5 and verse 5, So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. As he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears, unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard, and that he feared. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him, called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. What did he offer up in verse 7 of Hebrews 5? He'd offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death. There, if you'll see Jesus Christ with me, there in the Garden of Gethsemane, in that special place, as he sweat as it were great drops of blood, he agonized over his soul. He agonized over the death of his soul. He groaned in his spirit. He wept bitterly. He wept openly, heated tears, great tears falling as it were from his face as drops of blood from his brow. There the tears of Jesus Christ were bottled because the father took an interest in his son. He said, Father, let this cup pass you, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. I can't help but think that Jesus Christ saw us. He was looking for us. When he wept for the deliverance of his soul, he saw me, he saw you, he saw our affliction, he saw our sin, he saw our suffering, and yet he still loved us. He still gave himself a ransom for many. And I want to thank the Lord for that. I want to thank the Lord as he wept over me. The Father heard him. As he sweat as it were great drops of blood, the Father gathered those drops of sweat from off his brow and took those tears from off his face as a remembrance. It was an offering unto the Father. And might I say, everything the Son ever offered to the Father, he has always kept in remembrance in the Word of God. 
He offered his body, is kept in remembrance in the word of God. He offered his blood, is kept in remembrance in the word of God. He offered his soul unto death, is kept in remembrance of the word of God. He offered his sweat, his great drops of blood, is kept in remembrance of the word of God. But might I say the offering of his tears through his weeping was so precious to the Father that he gathered those tears and bottled them as a remembrance forever of the weeping and the suffering of his Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in this day. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal. Child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.